and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? Three, two, one, and the red light is rolling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Fleet Geeks. Myself and Pete this morning, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Um, and uh, we're going to launch in this today with a, a subject um, um, that Pete sent me over. It says it simply says, "Digital tachographs are they sufficient?" So um, I'm going to I'm going to get let Pete kick off with this. What do you, What do you mean by that, Pete? What What, what do you mean by are they sufficient? I tell you what, Mark. I'm not so sure about being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've been up for a little while. I've been up for a little while. It's Saturday morning as we record this, and we've got a couple of CPC courses on. And I don't know why, but I felt a bit stressed about them this morning, Mike. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it, it, I can I'll get your point. I think you know, without giving too too much away, we've got um, uh, one uh, quite a large first aid course going on, haven't we? And um, Two trainers. A double trainer, double trainer event, double trainer, which is always statistically a challenge. And then we've also got a council. We're doing a council, and uh, yeah. I had a message. I had a message from the trainer going, "There's no one here yet." Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, could be, we, we could be expecting our friends. Uh, we can't call them Jalps anymore, can we? Because they're not Jalp, but no. uh, the DVSA along and uh, yeah. We, we, but the auditors aren't direct employees, are they? The no, auditors, no, not, see, no. they are. They are subbies, so to speak, so, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to change or will that change under, under the DVS. I, I don't know, actually. That's a point for another discussion because they're going to have a range of approved auditors for DVSA and recognition, aren't they? They so are, I wonder if yeah. they might... The, the only challenge then is a conflict of interest, isn't it? Yeah. Because essentially a lot of those approved auditors, like ourselves, are also driver CPC centres. Yes, indeed. So indeed. There, is, there is a bit of a conflict, potentially, so... Dare I say it? Um, they're not necessarily industry experts. Well, I was going to say maybe that's I'll leave that there. Another day. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a podcast for another day. But anyway, we're here to talk about tachographs and digital tachographs. So I was reflecting. I was reflecting. I've had a couple of conversations, Mike, around digital tachographs, particularly because you know when we talk about. And, and, you know, with, with the 28-day rule and, um, you know, we know it's been about for a long time and largely people have just been a little bit ignorant towards it and, and that kind of thing, that we've got this instrument or tool that we provide people within their vehicles to be able to uh, comply with tachograph, with, with driving hours rules. That, yeah. And that, that's the tool that we provide. Now, in any other business or any other environment, if a tool is not fit for purpose, then we address it as part of um, our ongoing review of the equipment continuous, that we provide yeah, people to work. Yeah, continu- continuous improvement. And really, I think I just want to, I, I, I guess I wanted us to have a conversation around is that tachograph fit for purpose? We've now, we're now in the world where we've got touch screens, we've got, you know, Apple for years now have been looking at I forgot what they call it. It's not you know how ergonomics is like how something interacts with the body. Yeah. 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 I've forgotten what it is for when it's uh your fingers. 
Yeah. But they focus on that. Um, I can't remember what the right terminology is. So when you speak in a minute, I'm going to Google it. But Apple deliberately, specifically look at this, about where the eye is drawn to, where the yeah. fingers move to, what feels natural. And yet we've got something from the dark ages that we yeah. use and we have to, you know, we have to provide to drivers to fulfill their duties and to ensure they're compliant. And we'll find them when they get it wrong. Yes. Yeah, differently, differently it's to other just, tools that we've, you exactly. know, it's not yeah. like, it's not yeah. like we're giving a workshop technician a spanner that's a bit shit, you it, know, and, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're giving guys a tool to use and with the, you know, particularly with the 28 day rule, I know, I know the example I'm about to use is hypothetical and it's not, uh, you know, with the recent changes from the DFT about having a written record and three weeks yep. and you're not having to do manual entries for the full four weeks. But ultimately, even if you do a basic office day of five entries, start, break, end of break, finish type thing, you're looking at five entries times 28 is uh, 140 yeah. um, manual entries it's, with a high margin for error. I cocked up a manual entry on behalf of one of my uh, drivers the other day. He asked me to help. And um, I found it tricky. I haven't done it in a long time. And uh, the company I was working with laughed and said, well, it's good to have some humility sometimes, Pete. And I said, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I expected when I pressed the OK button to have the opportunity to change the date. And I didn't. Click clicking OK. You can't go it. back, can you? And That's the problem. And it, was forever, and it was forever set in stone from that point onwards. Yeah. Fucked up. yeah. So there's got to be a better way, surely. Absolutely has, isn't there? A little bit of a, a bit, little bit of a history uh, lesson um, for our, our our listeners and, and, and watchers. It's the tachographs go back, as we know, a long, long way. I think the first tachographs sort of uh, were appear appearing in Germany at the turn of the last century um, to keep a track of their rail stock. Um, so you know, t the, the 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 instrument has been around donkey's years and. As we know, they were first uh, introduced into heavy goods vehicles in 1979, um, but they weren't. There was not a requirement to retrofit them until 1986. So, for, for the first few years of having us with EU drivers' hours rules from 1979, there was still we were still some operators were still using record books because the tachograph wasn't required to be retrofitted until 86. And then, of course, in 2006, we had the digital tachograph come along. Now, without getting on a political soapbox in any way, shape or form, the EU is a huge beast, isn't it? And the problem was, was in 2006, the digital tachograph was, in fact, already several years old because it took them years and years and years. They decided they're going to go with digital, which is great. Um, but that in the period between them deciding to go digital and actually implementing it in 2006 was, I, if I'm, memory serves me right, was it, it was kind of like 1999, some, something like that, if I remember the, the legislation that laid it down. So it was some sort of six years later that they came out. This is a thought. How about this then? You, you'll know this, Pete, but um, the digital tachograph came out in 2006 and the first iPhone appeared in 2007. Amazing is that? Yeah. So when we were using brand new digital tachographs in 2006, 
the technology was already like Nokia nine, uh, Nokia thirty three tens. You know, so it comes from the same technological era as the Nokia thirty three ten. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. So, it's about 30 years old. It was yeah. not fit for purpose. Even brand new, they were not fit for purpose. Um, because by that time we were using iPhone. Well, yeah, iPhones had started to appear. Yeah, touch screen technology. Yeah. Um, so then they laid down another specification for um, what they called the the next generation, the smart tachograph, which was introduced in two thousand and nineteen. And if you look at the current legislation for tachographs, uh, EC one six five two thousand and fourteen. That's when that was laid down. So it was laid down in 2014, wasn't implemented until 2019. So even the next generation, the smart tachographs, well, there was not really much difference, was there really? Because they weren't. And so the 2019 smart tachographs were, again, just a rehash of the of the technology that's been around donkey's years. So, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. In any other walk of life, in any other part of what we do, it wouldn't be fit for purpose. But we're still expecting drivers to be proficient in the use of a piece of equipment that's just not really well. It's it's clunky. It's old. It's you know. It's it, it, this conversation is particularly triggered because I've always been a little bit arrogant about the about manual entries because I've always gone well. It's easy. I don't really see what drivers have got the issue with. Um, you know, I don't see what the problem is with it and what have you. But I think I've got to remember that I'm a millennial. I've grown up around this stuff and then actually for the first time in god knows how long i've gone to do one and i fucked it up uh, do not be the I first think, i think that yeah. yeah i think that i think that sort of hit it home to me that i probably and i think i think the purpose of the podcast obviously they are set to what they are but i think the purpose of the podcast is to go do you know what sometimes we've got to reflect on the position at which we approach something I'm in a position of privilege because I've grown up around phones that, you know, the, the, you know, I, I remember a really good example back in the day uh, when I used to run body shots. One of the things we'd often do if, you know, if there's any welding or anything like that, we'd disconnect batteries. Yep. And oftentimes one of the things we do as part of the quality control process is we'd change the radio or the time on the radio um, and, and on the vehicle. Uh, to make sure that the time was set right before we re-delivered it to the customer. It's the small it's the small little touches like that that make a massive difference or yeah. frustrate somebody. You know, they collect their car from repair and the time's bloody wrong on it. And they've got to go away, yeah, yeah. And I had, I had at the time, I think I would have been sort of early to mid-20s and my uh, quality controller is a very, very experienced guy, very good at what he did, really, really, you know, great on uh, spotting bodywork and, you know, any issues and that kind of stuff. However... Um, when it came to setting the rate, uh, the, the um, clock on the radio, he'd really, really struggle because and every vehicle's different and what have you. And I sort of prided myself that I would be able to change the clock correctly within two minutes on any make or model of vehicle because I'd work it out. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, it's one of those, you know, I think um, 
I just think it's mental. I just think it's yeah, mental that we're still using we digital plastic rocks. And there's no there's no agenda, as far as I'm aware, for actually changing them. Well, so there's, there's, I guess I guess there's clever software people out there who can probably do something to connect up. I've heard uh, Tom Reddy, for example, he's mentioned about BDO. I think they've got like a plug-in thing and you can do yeah. manual entries via an app on your phone. I've not had a play with it. Um, that sounds interesting, but it only works for video and not Stone Ridge, so it's only part of the market. Um, yeah. I think there's got to be there's got to be another way, Mike. Yes, it de- de- definitely has, and I know there's a chap on uh, on LinkedIn and on social media um, who works, I think, for Continental Video, and uh, I think it's Daniel Osborne, I believe his his name is, and I think he's um, he's desperately trying to get into operators and show them how uh, um, a bit of kit that they've developed um, can help drivers. Um, make those changes, make those man- manual entries on a on a smartphone, and transfer it to um, through into the video, which which basically is where we should be, isn't it? We should be able to do these things. You know, we should be able to do a manual entry by sitting in the cab with a smartphone, putting the details in, and if we get them wrong, just deleting them and go and doing it again. Then it's hitting send, and it sends it to the. You know, that's where we should be. That's perfect, um, isn't it? Perfect but yeah, maybe we should, should organise them on the podcast, mate. Yes, that's not a bad shout, actually, and I'm sure he'd be very, very happy to come on that. So that's a really good, really good shout. Um, because you know we need we need companies like that to be supported in stepping up to the mark. You know, obviously they can't develop these things if no one's going to buy them. So um, you know, the more the more people buy them, I'm, I'm guessing them. You know, they're not going to have the exclusivity to it, and, and the better everybody will be. But yeah, I always think. Do you know what? Even with, with the tacker, we've got a tachograph body that we take you know around to train people um, and we've got simulators on the on the pcs and what have you and i always say to drivers look don't feel ashamed of not knowing how to do this because i'll show you how to do it now in a in a classroom with lovely lighting uh you'll be sat down uh, and it'll be very relaxed and if you get it wrong i just press reset and we can start again I said, but now transfer that to a wet Wednesday morning at four o'clock in the morning when it's blowing a gale outside, pouring down the rain. It's like the black hole. You know, you can't see a bloody thing. And you're up here trying to reach up to a tachograph that's in the... Where do we put them? We put them in the most inconvenient place. place. You know, then why are they not just there on the dashboard? I know some maybe are, but, you know, a lot of them are up here. And, you know, I said, now try doing it. And I remember I remember doing exactly what you did, uh, Pete, and, and somebody asked me to do one in a real vehicle or show them how to do it in a real vehicle. And I'm suddenly thinking, God, the pressure's on. What if I get wrong? Because on our teaching unit, we just go reset and we're done. But I here I am on a real tachograph talking about somebody's real hours. And if I get it wrong, it's going to go and... Uh, I didn't, but fortunately, I was, you know, palm sweating and sort of thinking, yeah. you know, what am I going to do? So, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, they are not fit for purpose. What can we do about it, though, as an industry? Um, you'd, you'd like to think that the enforcement authorities in this country would have some sympathy with drivers. Um, I'm not sure if they have. <laughs> well, no, exactly. You know, I think, I wonder, where, where's the guidance? Where's the... There's a support search to say we recognise this as a challenge. Please just do your best. Have a go. Yeah. And if there's no... Have a go Yeah, that's it. And if, you know, people people generally make mistakes. They're not dishonest. They just made a mistake because they're using a bit of software that's like, you know, 100 years out of date. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right then, mate. Good good call, yeah. 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 There we go. There we go. Right. I hope you've enjoyed it. 
I hope you found it interesting. Have you tried this video software um, that, uh, that, that our chap's got with the smartphone? What do you think to that? Uh, does anyone know of any other products on the market? Uh, please do get in touch. Uh, yeah, and I know. I think Daniel does listen to these. So, Daniel, we, we need to connect and um, get you on the podcast, mate. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Cheers. Yeah, see you later. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.